Good, we are on. Welcome to Entrepreneurs Talk Africa, the ultimate podcast for African entrepreneurs, where we bring you insights, inspiration, and stories of success. I'm Mark Israel, your host for this episode, founder, CEO, startup coach, university lecturer, engineer, and a fellow human being. This is our episode on the evolution of African startups, where we are connecting with entrepreneurs that we've interviewed in the past, delving into their progress and uncovering their most valuable insights so that you can learn from their experiences. I'm thrilled to have a wonderful guest with us today, Victor Ormena, founder of Duca. Victor, it's an honor to have you back on the show. How are you doing? I'm good, Mark. Nice to always be on the show. Um, second time now, and I, <laughs> and it's a great one. Nice to, um, nice that you could give me the time to talk about the Duca nice. journey so far. Uh, we, we're delighted to have you with us. Um, and for for our listeners, so um, some of you may remember that uh, we had uh, Victor uh, in April uh, last year, so almost a year. That it was uh, season eleven, episode three. And so, uh, before we dive deep into uh, today's conversation, so let's stay, let's set the stage for the audience. So, can you give us a quick refresher on Duca and its mission? Yes. So, we are on a mission to connect millions of mom and pop shops or dukas or kiosks, you know, the corner shop that you find in densely populated areas with manufacturers. And that's what we have been doing for the last two years. Um, this is in form of technology. We give the retailers or the mom and pop shop owners an application on their phone. Um, they can download it, see the prices, see the products, and they choose from who they want to buy to, to buy from. And then what happens is at the back of it, we then give that data to manufacturers who then prepare the goods through the distributors. And then Duca connects them with that party logistics providers and delivers to the mom and pop shops. So, of course, once they stay with us for a while, then we can provide financing for them. So Duca then becomes um, a commerce, um, you know, uh, app or platform, a marketplace that people can come shop, get financing and get delivery services. Okay, so it's you're almost the last mile provider, so linking manufacturers and retailers uh, through a single uh, experience, if I can say so. Precisely, Mark. Okay, yeah. cool. So, how has your business evolved since our last conversation? <laughs> uh, any major changes, milestone that you've experienced? Yeah, so we were together in April. Uh, of course, we closed that round at $2 million. Um, seed investment. Two million dollars. I know. Right? That's serious. Two money. million dollars. <laughs> it's yeah. It's good money. <laughs> it's good money. And wow. I think we closed it. We were one of the few startups that closed it. We closed it in July before um, things went south in terms of raising funds. Yeah. I think that was that was interesting. Um, and after that, of course, we went to this huge phase uh, of growth. Um, we had, uh, of course, aspirations to cross the you know $12 million annual um, mark in terms of revenue. Um, we just got there <laughs> in 2022, so that was good. We, also, of course, had a, a few key you know, people that we employed. We employed a chief of staff. We employed um, a head of finance. We employed um, a head of operations. And we got some more strategic people around us. 
we launched two more products. We launched something we call Luca Party. I think that's 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 part of one of the most exciting products that we have. So this is where we you can come to Luca and we basically apart from the cooking, um, you can get a one-stop shop for everything. You know, the mm-hmm. things that you're going to cook for them. You can get the meat, you know, the meats. You can also get the drinks, you know, alcoholic drinks or soft drinks, and you have a party. So that's why I call it the Duka party. It's a one-stop shop for and you can also shop for, you know, decorations and it goes on and on. So mm-hmm. we sort of started driving that. That that has been very interesting. Um and of course Duka Coulting took another turn, a beautiful turn in terms of not just going to the next meat shop, but also getting to people's homes, which set us apart in terms of doing coaching. So it's been very exciting. Um, and, I, and I guess there's more even that escapes me. Uh, we won a few awards. Uh, we attended VivaTech, which was in France, which was very yeah. exciting. <laughs> we were um, well represented. We became one of the nine startups in about, you know, 450 startups that applied uh, you are recognized as a top three in the fintech, especially when, wow. as a, at a time when fintech was speaking, um, and VivaTech was a big deal. So that that was a great one, uh, and and so it's been yeah. So it's been it's been it's been a very great story. Of course, we're not talking about challenges, but they've been there. Yeah, <laughs> with growth comes challenges. You you employ more team, and then it moves from being a small team of people feeling like they know each other yeah. to a big team of People you like, others you don't, um, you know, and they don't, and, and you know, you don't know them as much. Not that you don't like them, but you don't <laughs> yes. know them as much. Yeah. Uh, so, so you don't hang out as you used to hang out in such kind of cases. But it's been pretty much interesting. Yeah. So, interesting so, so in a with a, a very, uh, I would say, you know, well, I don't know, <laughs> question that comes into my mind with raising two million dollars. What's your valuation today? So our valuation today is. $13.6 million. Wow. Yeah, so um, we've been doing a steady steady growth. So you're happy about that. <laughs> you're not too sad. Um, and yeah, I think we are moving to another investment round. Um, and if the investment round, if the projections are what they're going to be and we get to have a year as we had last year, um, then of course our valuation jumps. Okay, and it's interesting. It interests me with my um, investors' hat. So, um, did, did you did you meet or did you have any challenges? Any particular challenges while preparing for that round? Any things that uh, the, the investors asked you that uh, you were not prepared for? I think having gone through text has it helped a lot. Um, but but you never. One of the things that I found very interesting is that. Text has exposed us to international investors. That, but then again, we found that those international investors, some of them did not have that much experience in Africa. So I think the biggest challenge was they really like the model. They really think it can work, but they don't have experience in investing in Africa. It would be the first company. And sort of you become, <laughs> for lack of another word, a teacher because you're teaching them through that process of what is the African landscape. Yeah. Um, some aha moments. I think one of them was, of course, we couldn't store money in the African you know, continent, at least for a while. And we needed to register the company outside the country. And we didn't have a problem with that. Um, but we have never had, we have had issues of banks collapsing in Africa, but 
not as much <laughs> outside Africa. So it made sense until SVP happened. Um, and 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 so so those were some of the things. So that was one the lack of experience of the African landscape. The other one, the interesting question that kept kept on kept coming out was, uh, we were sort of underdogs, or so it seemed, that were doing very well, but this market is rather I could, uh, niche is not without competitors, and some of these competitors are very well funded. Yeah, I was raising money. Um, at a time when one of my competitors had raised $40 million, another one had raised $50 million. Then when I closed, another one raised $125 million. Like, what is happening? You know? oh so God. it's, <laughs> I know. And so the question was, you're just going for $2 million, um, but these guys have multiples of that $2 million. What, what happens? How do you compete? And I think that was a big question. Um Yes, you are prepared, but you know you can never be prepared for, for 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 such kind of a question. At least, yeah. very well because of a couple of reasons. One, the fact that the competitive landscape always looks very pretty from the other side, not from where you stand. <laughs> so, and you know, any competitor wants to position themselves as people who have been able to sell or rather to acquire as much market share, even though it's not the situation. So. At the back of that, then being having investors that are not very experienced bring a, brings a challenge. The last one was um, we didn't have. I was I was raising money at a time when we we didn't we didn't have such a big team. We had a team that was considerable, but was not a big international team. I don't mm. know if there's a better way to put it. Mm. And so there was the uh, you know trying to defend uh, why is it that I've you know picked the team that I've picked in terms of an international. As, as opposed to an international team, because I wanted to expand. Um, it's an all-African team, so to speak. And, and that was a, I didn't think it would be such an issue, but it was quite a, quite something that kept on coming up, you know. Um, but we also scaled that through nicely. So we raised money within a short time, but at the same time, there were some unique challenges that came up. One last one that I had not prepared for, and this is a controversial one, is um, how I felt about things like LGBTQ+, right? Um, that was also coming up. We had some free money being thrown at us so long as we could prove and show that we wanted to support that. So there was, and that was something that I planned for. Oh and since it's a very, it's a very touchy topic in Africa. I know, um, I know. Yeah. So navigating through that without coming across like offensive was, was yeah. a tough one. Yeah. yeah, that's that's uh, yeah, that's to say controversial, but it's uh, it's people are opinionated about that. But uh, um, but coming back to competition, that's interesting that your competitors raised a lot of money. So, and that's that's probably some something that a lot of companies, startups, and and scale ups are facing with um, you know tough competition. Um, it's very competitive markets. Um, it's more who you know that what you know which matters. So so, how do you how, how the question is, how can't you be despair? Basically, you're saying, oh, my gosh, it's it's too harsh. You know, let's throw the ball. It's $2 million is pocket money compared to $150. will never make it. So what makes you wake up in the morning and says, yeah, we're going to go after those guys? <laughs> it's my realization, and, and probably this is an important point. First of all, such a great question. 
the realization that after we had done market research, we had seen a gap and you couldn't change my mind regarding how big that gap was. And not just changing my mind because I felt a gut feeling, but I had been able to prove it to myself and my team had done the same. And we had also gone and acquired market share through the same. Um, so that doesn't say that the guys cannot come to our you know, nation and acquire it. So what we did is then created a moat around the customers that we are acquiring. And we wanted to find out why is it that you acquire us? And what we didn't do, which helped us, is that we didn't go after aggressive acquisition of customers without understanding them. We took a bit of time to understand. We worked with 200 customers. I think I spoke about these concepts uh, previously. Yeah. And then those 200 customers born 1,000 and born 2,000 until 5,000 and kept growing. But it was an, a customer that was ours. You know, For example, we could measure things like our customer uh, retention. Yeah. A customer retention at 91%, whereas you could see our competitors were looking at 49%, 51%, right? Yeah. So, so yes, lo- low churn, basically, very low churn. Low churn, very low churn. And, and that came purely from the fact that our niche of customer will never be their customer unless they change their model. And I'll tell you why. Let me let me just speak to this because it's, as, as I mentioned, it's important. So one of our, uh, our, the main reason is that we deliver the fastest in the market. Our customer cannot plan. <laughs> they live in a very small shop or they work from a very small shop or, you know, space where space is an issue, um, security is an issue, money, capital is an issue, and it goes on and on. So that customer, when they buy, they don't need it tomorrow, they need it today. And so by us being the person that delivers the fastest in the market um, and our competitors, unless they change the model, they cannot do that. That made us acquire market share. So that's what doesn't scare us. But when you see these texts, you know, you can despair <laughs> because um, maybe I didn't say this. One of the things that we had to fight with last year was my team being poached. Um, and, and you know, you hear somebody has been tripled their salary because they can. <laughs> and that, but then we navigated through that. We lost about under five people, which was still good. So, you know, we don't want to lose anyone, but it's better. But then we again started creating a moat around our teams and selling to them the vision. No, and, and I and thanks. I think it's uh, it's it's fantastic insights. And that to me, when you are talking, that rings you know two bells actually. That we keep um, you know when we accompany startups, we keep telling them is find your niche. Your niche is really the place you will make a difference. So who are your customers you really, really want to talk to? Um, and, and as you rightly say, I think that uh, you you may have X millions of customers. Uh, well, the market could be X millions of customers. So your attainable market is big. But at the beginning, you're just focusing on a small subset. That will grow eventually. Uh, but that that subset is key to, to, to your expansion at the beginning. And the second piece, as you say, you're, we're the fastest to deliver. This is your unique selling proposition. And of course, if if they want, mm. if your competition wants to attack your niche and attack your USP, they will probably have to overinvest time, money, energy to outpace you, which is possible. That's for sure. That's right. uh, but that would be a diversion from what they're currently doing. So they may say, well, maybe not. Or, or they may say, well, let's put $100 million. Victor, do you want them? We buy you out. <laughs> which is not too bad yeah that's true 
And, and so, no, no, but that's that, thanks. Thanks very much for for sharing that. So, um, any any big challenges? Because you talked at the beginning of of challenges. Um, any big challenges that you faced? Yes, I, th I think the big learnings is that it, it's very nice to surround myself, especially as a founder. And I've learned. I knew this, but I think it's been reinforced that I'm not a demigod. I don't know everything. So I don't know what happens after the curve. And whereas my job is to guide the team after the curve, oftentimes is that, you know, you don't know what will happen after the curve. So it's nice to surround ourselves with teams that around us can be able to support with that journey. Um, and oftentimes we put that toll on ourselves as founders because, you know, have to figure it out. And there's already a team of supporters that can do that. The other one is that plan, 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 plan. Um, and it's, I think risk management is very important. And I know there are some aspects of my um, my life and my my team that in the company that is Duca that I are a huge risk. The team, um, the future competition competitors and doing sort of a SWOT analysis and and seeing what that is all about. Yeah. And then lastly is that after you've done everything that you can have a positive attitude. I think that gets <laughs> any person through any challenge that they may go through. And a positive attitude for me was very important. I think for the rest of the team as well. But the team to see that we haven't panicked. Uh, when you'd grow and sometimes I would know that you're dropping the ball right, left, center. And it's going to happen. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not the time to panic. It's time to turn those challenges to opportunities and see how you can do better. Yeah, Nelson Mandela was saying that one of my famous sayings that, you know, he said that he never lost, he either won or learned. Uh, and that's, that's good. And, that, and that's <laughs> it. So if, if you if you have this positive attitude toward potential losses and say, okay, what did I learn from that loss? Then maybe, yeah, you, you, know, mm. you can cultivate that positive attitude. So anything in the pipeline or do can? So what's, what are you cooking up? That you can share with yes, so, your competitors. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, so the, this year we started a new business, um, Vertical. And uh, we still have the three verticals. We still have pharma, we still have FMCG, we still have coaching. Um, but this year, we, uh, the first thing is that we made a, an investment in a small organization that we think is very strategic for us, which Uh, is in the pharma space. Then, we, you know, and there's reasons um, I can't speak to you privately about it because I know you and I go a, a step a step further after this. Um, but that's a secret source as to why we did that. Then we started a new vertical. I can't speak too much into it, um, which we'll see as 6x our growth last year. Wow. Which, yes, which means then um, that it, it's taken us to the next level. And, and we are very excited about this. It's keeping me awake at night. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, it, imagine. If, if you are, yeah, it, it, it's big, but it's very exciting. It's a very exciting phase. I think everyone in the organization is excited. I see how many messages I get even from uh, the driver saying, hey, by the way, we found this and found that. Um, how can we tap into it? Which, which is good. And as I said, I can't speak much to it. Happy to share with you privately. But... Mm. That's that's very exciting. So in a very exciting phase in our in our growth. Uh, the other exciting one that I can share is that we are 
off to Madagascar uh, in the next few months. Yeah, yeah. So our cold chain product has found its roots there and it will be interesting to see we're already in the final stages of that conversation with one of our um, one of our partners. So very exciting, very exciting. And and that's that's in the pipeline. And of course, next year, a time like this, I would have hit the road to look for a series A funding um, to make sure that Duca then can continue expanding to other markets. Yeah. So you'll go to eight eight figures now. Oh, you'll go beyond that. <laughs> <Or even> yeah. <laughs> Maybe more, but yeah. <laughs> Who knows? You know, one That's, billion. Why Who not? knows? Oh. <laughs> I like that. Why not? Why not? Great. So we're, we're we're getting close to the end, but um, in light of your experience, really over the last year or so, um, so what advice or advices would you give to any aspiring entrepreneurs in Africa? Don't lose hope. Um, I think. <laughs> why, that is, why that is important, I think we were fortunate that we were the, almost the last few that sneaked in before the world started, you know, looking not so good from an economic perspective. Of course, startups started struggling. Europe went, you know, um, went to the gutter, so to speak, in terms of the war that has happened between Ukraine and, and Russia. And so many startups have been affected. I think every week I open my LinkedIn and see a startup has closed, a startup has closed or shut down. So my advice then is let's not give up. It's if you can find a way to survive because this storm will come down, this storm will go. If you can find a way to survive, why not? If it means cutting the baggage, you know, and the baggage could happen in the customer front, some customers that are not very too well paying, on the team front, people that you don't need. I know some startups that have many roles that are probably could be declared easily redundant. Whichever way that it could be, it's better to crawl there than to think the only option is to fly there or to run there. So mm. don't lose hope. Second one that I learned is that your biggest asset is your people. And spend more time with your people. Spend more time with the teams um, I say that if I multiply myself in 100, in 100 people that are working for Duca, it's way much better than I being the superhero and only a few people know it. So I'll do everything that I can to make sure that my team is well aligned and I'd rather be not you know, as good as they are, but they must be good as I am or even better. And lastly, what I learned is that don't be afraid to pivot. Um, mm. I learned a very interesting statement the other week, uh, which was whether you get whether you get into the house through the window or the door, you're still in. So there's no need to struggle about, oh, my business is a SaaS platform that I'm going to try to create. But maybe there's something else that makes sense and to, to pivot to, and then you can still maintain your dream and come to it with the time is, is right. Pivoting has to be a strength of a founder. And if you can steer teams towards where the money is, as I said, you're still going to have the money. You're still going to be in the house, whether we got in through the door or through the window. So those are the three things that <laughs> have stayed with me so far. And, you know, I want to... I want to work with them. Yeah. Ah, thanks, thanks, thanks very much, Victor. I think it's a uh, great insights, great experience, uh, fantastic conversation. So, uh, really, a big, big thank you to you and uh, 
And of course, a big thank you to our listeners uh, for joining us on this uh, journey of discovery with you uh, today. So you've been tuned into Entrepreneurs Talk Africa, the essential podcast for Africa's trailblazing entrepreneurs brought to you by the Talk Collective. Uh, I'm Mark Israel, co-founder and CEO. And today we've had the distinct pleasure of engaging with Victor from Duca, founder of Duca. And to learn more about their venture, the company and its mission, uh, be sure to check the show notes for a direct link uh, to their services uh, in East Africa and now Madagascar pretty soon. So, and as a wrap up, uh, we'd be very grateful if you could uh, take a moment to rate us five stars on your preferred podcast platform. Um, it genuinely helps us grow and reach more entrepreneurs like you. And we can't wait to see you back here next week for more inspiring stories and transformative insights from across the African continent. Until then, keep dreaming big, making a difference. And as Victor says, never lose hope.